Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 97, 97 of the Eavesdrop Podcast. I decided to have a guest that was born in 1997. No. No? What? 86. 86? Yeah. You really thought 97? No. No, Matt. No, I did not. Uh, we have uh, uh, a, I don't know how to be, I mean, a, a good friend of mine, handsome yeah. as all hell, one of the dudes that has... Uh, Let's just start from the beginning. Okay. Matt Kendrick, CEO of uh, Guggen Squad, CEO of House of Outdoors, uh, CEO of the Music of My Heart. Good to be here. Thank oh, you for joining for me. I think you complete the the set. Everybody's done it. I think that everybody has done it. Uh, Lunkers, John B. Roll, Perrick, Justin Rackley. Uh, who else? Perrick Rackley. Flair. Flair did it. Yeah. I, how do I forget Flair? <laughs> and then uh, you, but maybe we should get uh, Mikey in here. Maybe a little Lojo. Maybe Wes. Maybe Wes. Wes will be a good one. Wes is the is the genius camera guy, producer, director behind all of the Guggen uh, stuff. It's freaking beast. Freaking beast, indeed. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, you and I have been friends for close to three years now. Yeah. Um, and it's been uh, quite the ride. Uh, the what you have done for that brand, for the Guggen brand, uh, has been nothing short of absolute madness. I I appreciate it. I mean, like, you though. No, no, no. About that. Everybody always says you. No. Okay. I'm gonna cut it right there because, as much as I love to hear it, I uh, I get I get tired of being told that I'm the best at something. You know what I mean? You are the best. I mean, <laughs> but you've always you've been right next door to me for like the last three years. Walk in here. Yeah. Say. We're dealing with this. Tell me what we should do. Like, yeah, you've been a you've been on ear to to listen to to everything we got going on. Thanks, man. Thank you. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Matt started out as manager Matt of uh, of the Guggen Squad, and the reason I wanted to bring you on here is because I wanted to talk a little bit about a bis- about the business of not just fishing, but the business of YouTube in general, right? Like the e commerce mm-hmm. and and all of that, and maybe offer a little bit of insight to up and comers. Uh, as as they set out to do like their their as, as they're building blocks into their uh, their business. So Matt, where do you want to begin? You want to start as a wee little boy. Where were you born in 1986? 86. I was born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Born and raised there till let's see when I moved here. So three years ago. I mean, I lived in Oklahoma City your entire my, life. All my life. Well, I went to college at a uh, OSU for a bit in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and then came back to Oklahoma City. And then, what did you major in? I never finished. Ah, uh, I know. I went to one semester, Harper College in Palatine, Illinois. So you I, didn't finish either. No, I didn't. I don't think I. I don't, I don't think you could even consider that starting. I, I went for like a week, and I was just like, yeah, getting up early and sitting down in front of a classroom, like that's just not my thing. I, I guess I went for like three years, and then um, I started a business. I started a, a media company, and we got the contract to do all of the Oklahoma State athletics recruiting videos okay. so for like the football team and everything, and like we did some stuff for them in ESPN. Yeah. And I realized I was like, "What the heck am I paying college tuition for? Like, I'm dropping balling this and and starting my company." So did, did you, was did you approach that from within? Like you're like, "Hey, I, I'm a student here. Hire this," or no, did you play I, the game? I didn't. I did not want to say I was a student there because if I would have said that I was a student there, they probably would ask me just do it for like college credit or something yeah. like that, and I would have been like, "No, no I'm, I'm smart. Here to make some money." That's smart. So, are I, you here to follow rules, Matt, or are you <laughs> here to make money? Here to make money. Is that not my favorite saying of all time? 
Um, so this uh, episode is brought to you by Upstart, ExpressVPN, and Credit Karma, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that them later on in the podcast. Uh, for the time being, Oklahoma City raised, Oklahoma City born. You spent the majority of your time there. What what was your childhood like? Like, what was Oklahoma City back in the day? I grew up in a suburb called Choctaw, which is oh Choctaw by the casino different place that's okay. that's way south oklahoma that's like the choctaw like indian the native american matt where which where, what city were you in broken arrow, broken arrow. yeah it's, it's like an hour and a half from from where i was so i was in choctaw which is a suburb of oklahoma city i mean grew up i had two parents that worked full-time jobs like I, we weren't well i you don't realize how not well off you are until you're well off until you've got <laughs> no, no until you've like grown up and you start having kids yeah. and you start like living life and you go man how do my parents like pay for all Shit. this stuff yeah. yeah so i mean nothing about like my upbringing would have said hey go start businesses or go do this or that like nothing like that no but, um enjoyed it played golf growing up like that's what my first passion was went and got a college golf scholarship at a private university before going to oklahoma state Went to Oklahoma State, did that whole thing, met my wife up there, started some companies. Um, Name them, like what? So the first one was called uh, Back Porch Labs, which was the company I was just talking about that did um, all the recruiting videos and stuff for Oklahoma yeah. State. That was our big client. We did web development, graphic design, video production, whatever it was. I really focused on video production and, and design stuff. Um, but that's kind of where like I really got like into video and and what we turned it we turned it into a business so, i mean that was that was that was good but uh in the middle of that like i always had like a big passion that was when like this was 2010 2009 probably 2009 2010 somewhere around there and um i got super into food and beverage like like restaurants and wine oh and, i thought you meant just eating it i'm like yeah not, me too. well that too but i said but, it earlier but so like me and the business partner like super into it and we had this the company going we we're like let's start like a this is when yelp was like really taken off foursquare was like a big deal and we just didn't like how the industry was like handling restaurants from a sense like they gave they gave the consumer all the power like the restaurants had like no voice in doing whatever they wanted to do and so we we're like how do we give the voice to to a restaurant a little bit like if you walk into a, a barbecue place and you write a review and say well they didn't have good pizza well you know no shit you walked into a barbecue place like yeah, yeah yeah so anyway so we started this company called food belly Food belly, food belly, F U F U B E L L Y. Okay, um, and it was just based around helping restaurants get uh, a voice in like reviews, or and we did a lot through video content. But the big thing that we tried to do was do predictive, um, like menu, like what would you really want to get on the menu? So let's say you ate a bunch of Vietnamese food in uh, in your city, mm -hmm. and then you get on a plane, you go to Seattle, yeah, and you get off the plane, and like our menu, rec our recommendations would be based around what you're eating from a menu side of things in yeah that new city. So, Smart. So that's how we did it, and we never really, it never really took off. We we spent a lot of money on it. We were using our other business to fund it that was making money, but it was it was good. So that's that's how that was going. And then for me to keep going here, yeah, Just please, keep going yeah, down this the line. Is it's a it's a podcast, man. You, so, you, it's not a yes or no answer. It's a uh, yes because of this. All right, so Foo Belly, Foo Belly goes belly up, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it basically went belly up. Yeah, um, by choice. Like you, we you, had to. Yeah, we we were spending tons of money. We had developers, we had designers, we had a bunch of resources going towards it. I mean, and we never went and raised money for it. I think that was probably the biggest mistake. Is like it just never really went and raised money for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so from there, we went back to the 
to the basics of video production and, and web development. And at that time, I started seeing like what was happening on YouTube. And I was, it was starting to really take off from like, uh, you started seeing the monetization really take off. This was probably 2014-ish, somewhere around there. And um, I, I got into fishing YouTube. Like, okay. this is when I got into it. And, and how old were you around the time? So I would have been, how old am I now? You're I've been 33. <laughs> I'm 35. So 2014. So 28 ish, somewhere yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, and so I see this guy, Fluke Master, on, on the internet. Do you remember Fluke? Mm, I didn't really, no. Okay. So I didn't really watch like any fishing content at all, ever. Really? Yeah, at all. So when did you, how did you? I was just making my own like montages. I, I, I applied what I knew how to do, which was like sniping montages. And then I just did like that for fishing. So I would do B-roll of me walking through the woods and then me casting, catching, and you know, just highlight reels essentially uh, set to music. So <clears throat> I meet Fluke, or I'm sorry, I see Fluke and I, I see what he's doing and I'm like, his videos are not that great. Like the quality's not that good. I'm like, I just wanna go fishing. Mm -hmm. And I don't look at this as like, I'm gonna go start a business doing some like video stuff in the fishing space. I just, let me go do it. So. We ended up getting in contact. I just reached out to him. I said, hey, I'll help you with some videos. Let me come hang out. Let's go on some fishing trips. How did you reach out to him? Um, I think it was probably through, I think I sent him YouTube an DMs? email. Oh. No, I think I, I think he had an email and I sent him an email and I just sent him like my portfolio is all I did. And he like immediately got back with me and we hooked up, went and started um, filming some stuff, traveling with him. And at, during that time, I started realizing there's opportunity to like turn this YouTube stuff into like commerce. Like how do we start turning the content in, into the commerce side of things with them? And that's when all everyone's starting to sell merch, all this stuff, but it wasn't like, it hadn't like exploded just yet. Like it wasn't there just yet. And I did have a background in doing some screen printing embroidery work back when I was in like college. I worked at a place that I learned how to do all that. And I had the, the web background of how to run all that side of things. I understood fulfillment too. And so I went and started a print company, mm -hmm. which was print. Called print, PRNT. Yeah, and that was in 2015. Because I'm a motherfucking PRNT. <laughs> That's right. That's a, that a tune. <laughs> so um, start print, and he was really one of the first clients I had. Plus Fluke Master. Fluke Master. But there was another, we did some stuff with um, around like NBA players. Like it was not licensed or anything like that. Like definitely got a ton of cease and desist letters from the NBA. Yeah. Um, but we had some just trying to capture like Russell Westbrook re-signing in Oklahoma City was like a big deal yeah. in the city. And so we like put out a T-shirt like five minutes after he announced it and we sold like 20,000 units of it. Yeah. Like immediately. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. The NBA doesn't know that. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> so did the same thing with Fluke. I said, OK, let's why don't you start selling some merch? And then I even said, I said, we should do like a subscription model around a T-shirt. Um, and so we did this thing called Fishing Shirt of the Month. Uh, and that was like the first real YouTuber that I worked with on putting out any type of product, doing anything. And from there, I mean, it, it took off. I think he got a couple thousand subscribers out the gate. So he got, got that going. Like he kept selling t-shirts and we kept gaining more influencers that were smaller, not as big as um, Fluke Master was at the time, but um, we kept gaining. So then 20, I want to say this was 2016, probably 2016, the Bassmaster Classic was in Oklahoma oh and right down the street yeah so I go this was before Guggen was Guggen 
before, all the guys were separate. They had their own stuff. Um, and me and Fluke go to that deal and I'm filming with him on, at this. He asked me, hey, come film this deal. And I said, okay. And we're staying at the MTV house. MTV had an Airbnb at the time. And so we both are staying there. And in walks this little guy, Alex Perrick, walks in. And that's the, one of the, first, that's the first guy I meet from Guggen Squad. Mm -hmm. And this was, I, I don't think Perrick even had like 5,000 subs. Yeah. The, I don't even know if he had a video up. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know any, I don't remember him having anything. But with him was John B too. And so we all met at the, at the MTB house. Not like nothing other than, hey, how's it going? Um, good to meet you type of deal. And so we go on and then that summer, they all start collabing together and Fluke gets in the middle of it too. And so they're in, uh, they were fishing out at Gary Yamamoto's place all together. And uh, my in-laws have a, a, a lake house out in East Texas also. And I texted Fluke, I said, hey, if you guys want to go out, we can go out to the, to the, to the lake house and stay out there and, and they can fish and I'd like to meet the guys. And um, he's like, cool, I'll ask them. And the only, the only one that ended up coming because the other guys had to go back to Chicago was Rob. And so Rob and Fluke come to, to my, my in-law's place. And we go fishing, hang out, I, and Rob just kind of... Long-haired Rob. Long-haired, Lunkers TV, Robert Turkler, wearing the visor. Yeah. Sit down, go fishing. We, he ends up wanting to talk about business stuff. Rob's always about the business. Always. He's like, what's up? What's, what's up with this merch? You want to do my merch? I hear you do Fluke's merch, you know? And I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. And that's exactly how the conversation went. I bet you. It's it, exactly like as you were saying it. I heard his voice. Yeah, because that's how he does business. Like, how you want to do this? Let's do this, and that's that. Yeah. And so, that I mean, that's exactly how the relationship got started, and it kind of just took off from there. Like, I, in fact, I think sitting at the table, he's like, "You want to do my merch? Cool." And then he's like, "Oh, you want to do Flair? I can get you Flair. You want to do Flair?" <laughs> and like, he's texting Flair, and all of a sudden, I'm on the phone with Flair like five minutes later. And this was before. Guggen got together. Yeah. But that's kind of how like I, I really got in and met everybody. So it started with starting a video company that turned into like, I, let's go make some merchandise and just randomly meeting, meeting up with these guys. Yeah. That's, that's where that story sort of begins like for you, right? In the, yeah. in, in that, cause before that you were like doing video work, you did video work for, um, Gary V, right? Worked with Gary V. So, um, that was, that was that's, that's a, that was in the middle of Fubelli. So I was trying to get Gary to invest. That was the one person we tried to get to invest in Fubelli. Um, we met him. He, he put out a tweet one day. This was 2011, 2012. This was before Gary is what Gary is today. Like I I'm, I'm got on to Gary back in like mid 2000s when he was doing wine library stuff. Like I got into, got super into wine. Yeah, and you like did. Gary, Gary, yeah, I did. Tell me, tell me the story a little bit about wine. You're a, you're a certified sommelier. Certified sommelier, yeah. How do you say it? Sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah. So how do I get into it? Gary, honestly, Gary V. I remember um, I just turned twenty-one and like didn't know anything. I had a bunch of like older friends that like all liked wine, and I was like, Man, I don't know shit about wine. I'm, I, I guess I'll go on the internet and go see what I can find. And this guy Gary V's up there going crazy on these wine videos, and he's the same Gary that you see today. Like I don't know if anyone if, go back and watch these old wine library TV TV videos. It's like the same dude. Yeah. And um, he just made it interesting. He wasn't like stingy about it. Like he's just like saying the most random stuff about how this stuff smells. It was interesting. And so I got into it. I ended up getting connected at OSU with um, the Alumni Association at OSU. And, and I guess they, were, they found out that I was into wine. I was having like wine parties at my house, like having my friends come over and do wine tasting. Cheap wine. Like we're talking, I didn't have any money. So like $8 bottles of wine. But um, they're like, hey, do you want to, do you want to like help pick out wine for 
the entire university for all the events because they would like each year they would pick out like three bottles of wine or something like that. And yeah. This is all they would do it at the events. And I was like, yeah. And, and so they said, well, we're going to send you through all the training to become a sommelier and they paid for it all. So the Alumni Association of Oklahoma State actually was the was the people that got behind me on wine. And then from there, I kind of just I never like used it as a job or anything. I just kind of have it used it to get drunk, Used it to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so so then what happened? How do you how do you connect with him? How do you start? How do you shoot for him? Oh, so yeah. So he sends the tweet out. He's like, hey, I'm looking for somebody to come film my fantasy baseball draft. And um, I'm just like, well, this is an opportunity to like get in front of Gary. And so we respond back to it. Um, or he's he, we, we emailed the guy that he said to email. And like two days later, this guy emails me and he's like, hey, send it. You do you have a portfolio? Can you send that over? Sent it over. And then he's like, hey, Gary, wants you up here like ASAP. And so I remember getting on a plane, going up there, meeting with him. Um, he's like, can you do it? Yeah. And we came back with a crew of people like and and we did it. It never saw the light of day. I don't know. I mean, we finished it. We gave it to Gary mm -hmm. and there is a link out there to go watch it somewhere. Um, but he never like put it out for I think he just wanted it for his own personal like, hey, I've got this in my archive of I can go watch this one day with all my buddies. Yeah. Doing fancy baseball. So then from there. We did talk a lot about Fubelli. Um, he he put a little bit of, of money into it, but it he never like focused on it or anything with this. But he definitely, I mean, it was great to meet the dude. Um, nothing but good things to say about Gary. I, mean, I haven't talked to him really since then. So no, I know you 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 talked to him a lot. I do, I do. I mean, not not so much in the last uh, year. Obviously, he's uh, super busy. I've obviously been you know busy with the whole yeah. optic thing and and all of that. Uh, I I. Uh, <clears throat> as as you're telling me the story about Rob and all that, like I'm I'm starting to put like all of these pieces together because for the most part, and everybody knows the story. Like I I I met Rob in Boston through this dude named um, oh, what the fuck's his name, Jeff Covington, Jeff Covington from UMG. So Jeff Covington started UMG, UMAD Gaming, I think is what it's called, UMAD Gear, something like that. And they were doing tournaments, and then obviously like Rob was a co-owner because he he invested into it. And I would always tell him, say, yo, throw two events a year in Orlando and you and I can go fishing. And that's how, how, well, actually, you know what? Like the way that we met, we met at a bar and he was there, like he was this, this young tattooed dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we we're in Boston just hanging out and Jeff was like, hey, this is my business partner, Rob. He, he loves to bass fish. And I was like, oh, cool, man. We should, you know, we should fish next time. Say, I'm, I'm joking. I'm like, yo, throw, throw an event in, in this place. And he's like, yeah, yeah, cool. So I don't know how it happened, but like we struck a friendship like fucking immediately. I, I don't, I'm king, no new friends. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's no new friends, right? I have, I have plenty, right? I have my, my, my crew at home, right? Like 20 plus 30 people that I grew up with. Like, do, are you still friends with your friends in high school? I don't talk to one single person from a friend in high school. Hi, uh, you, what about you, Matt? How many like that you st that you hang out with when you go back and you talk to? Seven or eight. So I, yeah, I guess so I guess I said I burned all the bridges. I Bro, guess. I literally have like thirty friends that I. Those are the people I grew up with, like my basketball player, my my basketball. Well, actually, my teammates, right? Like growing up and everything that that, that we did together, right? Like my whole MPDP six double oh nine oh crew. MP Mount Prospect DP Displays Six Double O Wheeling, right? So all those people are like to this day at my boys. Once a year, we donate one weekend, and all thirty of us like go camping somewhere. They're all fishermen, like well, the majority of them. Uh, and 
I have those friends. And then I have all of my friends who also paint graffiti, right? I have my mm-hmm. villains crew. So those are friends, right? So those are already two groups. And that's already like, all right, you have 40 friends, dude. What, why do you need 40 friends, right? And then guess what? I get into this gaming industry, and now I have not only my team, but also they're all my friends. And then all of my extended friends from that. Long story short, I'm king no new friends because I have just so I've, I'm good. You know, like my, my circle is small in those specific circles. You know what I mean? So... So for me, I don't know why or what it was, but he and I just stuck a friendship, and and he was a lot quieter back then, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, you know, he was going through his through his stuff, right? Like he had just gotten back, and you know, he he was a little bit more more quiet. It was he was just as wild. I think he was way wilder back then, because like you know what I mean. Like the, from he was just a, a regular dude. You know what I mean? He yeah. he wasn't what what he is today. So uh, I don't know how or why, but we stuck a friendship and we started playing and then or uh, fishing and then. He started making YouTube videos, and then one day he hits me up. He's like, "Hey, I, I got this guy. He 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 wants to do all your optic merch," and I was like, "Uh, okay. I, I already have a, I already have like a contract with with this dude out in Europe and shit. So I don't know what he's like. He's like, at least he's gonna some fucking samples of Basher shit and blah blah. And he was like, "All right, cool. So the typical Rob. This oh, is yeah. what's happening. This is what he's sending. Just accept it. Yeah, just accept it. <laughs> so I get a massive like shipment from you for like, and I don't know why you sent me nothing but double XLs and three XLs." what he told me to send you no oh, whatever <laughs> semantics okay i thought you were being funny and i'm like what the fuck do i look like i'm fucking double xl <laughs> jesus christ um all right so you're doing this print thing you start doing that at what point does does uh rob ask you or who asked you to be the the manager well now that you're talking about us him sending you merch mm-hmm. I, the first time you and i actually talked i don't know if you remember this it was on the same time i met rob we were at one of yamamoto's place that same week and he he was like, hey, I want you to talk to Hector about doing a subscription model like you're doing with Fluke Master. And he call, I talked to you on the phone. Do you remember this? Mm. I talked to you and I said, hey, what do you think about doing some type of subscription shirt with op- Optic? And you told me you had a brand deal with somebody yeah, at yeah. the time. And uh, with, Loot Crate. Loot Crate. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you said. You said Loot Crate. And I, you know, I, I can't really do that. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time we actually talked on the phone. But I'm now remembering that. But, yeah. So what was, what was you asking me? Uh, at what point did you become their manager? But on oh. that on that note, the subscription, you know, my like in 2016 when I when I started making those little figurines, that's when I was in the like we were about to our partnership with Lucre was about to end, and I'm like, yo, like this would be like a really good thing. So now as we're going through this 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 uh, transition, like right now, come January 1st, like we're gonna have like a subscription service which gets you fucking cool shit like that okay you know at the time we had pomage so it was gonna be like you know me seth you know Krim at the time whoever and then we were gonna have like a super tall pomage because pomage is like six six or something um but anyway that's that's coming down down the line all right so at what point do you become so there's a lot that happens right after the whole we start doing the merch everyone's doing merch with me separately they hadn't nobody's gotten together and done googan yet and Rob and I had a lot of conversations. Rob always, ever since that moment, Rob called me about business stuff all the time mm-hmm. and picked my brain about it, whatever. And I told him, I kept telling him, I was like, hey, you should probably do a brand instead, if, instead of just like your names. I think a brand would be better. Now, I know he was, he was definitely talking to you at the same time and you're, you're telling the same thing. You need to, we don't know each other at the time, telling him the same thing. Um, and he comes back to me, he's like, hey, we got this thing called Guggen Squad. Uh, we need to start, we need to make a t-shirt. And so, 
Print is the first company that brands Guggen Squad, makes the first logo. The best one. <laughs> With the fish. The the skeleton. Yeah. The fish skeleton. Yeah. Not like this rawness. It was a better oh. cartoony one. Oh, yeah. And then you have the boys at the fucking back, right? Oh, yeah. You yeah. have the cartoons of the guys on the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, that's the, so we do that. We put one t-shirt out and it sells like crazy. Like people just. Give, give me a number. Who cares now? I don't, honestly, I don't remember now. I, I want to say it was like. It was like ten thousand shirts or something like that. But at the time, though, yeah. would, would it like was dwarfing any other influencer that we had? Yeah. Like, no other influencer sold ten thousand units at that time. Yeah. Um. And so it from that was like the first step of like, okay, this thing, this thing can do something. And so we go on. They, uh, we keep doing the merch side for for Guggen. He he. Rob is trying to be businessman over on the, on the Guggen side and trying to go get the brand deals, all this kind of stuff. Trying to put it together, which is good for him. I mean, he was he was the one that like spearheaded it, got the guys organized together, got them all making the content, um, met some people in the industry that ended up giving them a chance on some things. But like very very quickly, I want to say like six months into it, they they're like hitting a wall. Like you know, it's it's they're trying to focus on content. They don't know how to focus on the business also at the same time mm -hmm. or, and they don't know how to deal with it either like they don't you know walking into these meetings you can't just you can't just act like you're the biggest thing ever in the room and have and expect somebody to just like give you something like, yeah you got to go in there strategically no matter how big you are you still got to go like yeah sell yourself and they just didn't have that yet so i was on the boat with it was right after rackley joined guggen squad and and me and rackley were out fishing and, and rackley was like you know we're talking about trying to bring in a manager what do you think about doing about somebody doing that i was like i said that's probably a good idea i said what's the issues you're having he's like man we just can't get organized like we can't get these companies to work with us we don't you know we don't know really what kind of what we're doing from that end i said okay he goes you know anybody i said well you know i feel like this is something i i could probably do like i feel like i i'd like give me a shot mm -hmm. and so he calls rob like while we're on the boat and or text him or something and that like within like 20 minutes, I think Rob called me. He's mm -hmm. like, all right, you want a job? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I mean, what does that mean? He's like, oh, well, I mean, you're going to come work for us. That's what Rackley said. I said, yeah. oh, okay. I said, let's go. I said, let's do it. I said, we'll figure it all out, whatever. And so, I mean, that was probably, so if, if Rackley just what joined. Were you, you were just doing the, the t-shirt stuff just, at the time? At the time, I still was just doing the t-shirt stuff. I did still have video stuff going on in the background. Like we were, we were still doing, I was doing stuff for like MTV at that time too. So, mystery Tackle Box. Yeah, sorry, MTV. Mystery Tackle Box. Um, uh, and so I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And that's, that's kind of how it started. And then from there, it was just going through and, you know, they had some stuff going, like Guggenbaits had kind of like just started going, but it was still just kind of a mess. Um, they had some deals with MTV that we needed to go get fixed and that's when i went in and did the licensing deal with mtb um, which really helped expand the brand from the from the product side and then uh you know two three three years later down the road well actually two yeah, years don't fast forward sorry. it's a podcast baby we need to fill an hour here <laughs> uh so that was 26 sorry, i'm trying to remember all these times. yeah yeah 2016 yeah. 2017 somewhere around there and then i met you 2018 was it 2019 or 2018 20, well, I moved here in 2018, so that's when... That's when it was. Yeah. Okay, so you... you I moved in here December 2017, so I was here all 2018. Okay, so you reached out. Did you reach out to Rob, or did Rob reach out to you about coming in here? Into to this? Meet, to meet in score, with Scoreboard. What do you mean? 
that's how that's how we ended up meeting. When did you did you reach out to Rob about coming and meeting with Brian and Nahid? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, so I met Brian and Nahid in, two, in August of 2016. Okay, right. Uh, they were the first ones that were going to do the investment in Optic, right? They were the first ones that were going to do it. That's how I met them. Mm-hmm. And then when the a year later when the transaction happened, we ended up uh, sharing office space at at a uh, at Launchpad City in over here where the UT building is now, right? Yeah. So I, I know I knew them already. Uh, so one day I'm talking to them and I'm like, yo, do you want to do an investment in favorite at the time? Right? Because Rob's like, hey, you 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 just you just sold optic, you have a lot of money, invest in this shit. And I was like, uh hold on, let me go talk to to my boys. Because at the time like I, I I still got along with them and we we still kept in touch. Um and I'm like, yo, this is happening with blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, cool. So let's that. And, and scoreboard or, yeah, what's now scoreboard used to be by by the star. Mm-hmm. You remember that, the 400, whatever? I never went there. But it, the when I met you, was they were painting this office when I met you. Yeah. When we came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I introduced them to the fishing world. And I think it was like, a, yeah, somewhere. So I introduced them. I'm the goddamn glue, man. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I introduced them to to uh, Winston from Favorite, yeah. and then we we sort of looked at the deal and you know whatever, and uh, and then after that, like we started we started talking, 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 and I'm like, I told Rob, I'm like, you should bring Matt to talk to these guys because you know this business is gonna it's like your Guggen business is about to fucking blow up. So have Matt come in here talk to the guys, and that's when I think we met. Yeah, so we all come in here. So that's 2018, and. We come in and start talking about Guggen, and at that time, when nobody knew, was you guys were looking for an apparel company, mm-hmm. and it got brought up that I had that I had owned print at the time, yeah. And I had some business partners, um, and so we we talked about Guggen and all everything that we could do together, which worked out great. But how we really got in, into business together was through the print deal, yeah. And so we ended up doing the acquisition of yeah. print, which became made by Influence, yep. And that's when I moved here, yeah. So. Brian Nahid from Scoreboard and I invested X amount of dollars into mm-hmm. this thing to buy out the partners for us to own that thing. And at the time, there was like uh, it was like my transition period where I was like I had just sold Optic, mm-hmm. and then that's when like the whole turbulence started to happen. And while I was sitting here like trying to figure that out, I was also like obviously making passive investments all over the place. Um, and that's when when we started to to sort of snowball into into like a thing. Yeah, because 2018 was the the year that we launched Guggen Bates. So like Guggen still hadn't even like really taken off yet. So if we met, I think we met in like September of 2018 is when we met, and then yeah, I, later the year 2018. Yeah, and we didn't close the deal until like right early 2019. I moved down here like spring of 2019, and then. Honestly, the, like the biggest thing I remember is moving here was like when everything started, just explode, like really exploding. Like it was exploding and stuff, but like when it when we got here and then started building the team, we got the HQ, we got uh, the licensing deals in place, we got a big sponsorship deal in place, and then Guggen Bates was hitting all the retailers then at that time. And that's how, how did that t- tell me your side of the Guggen Bates or- ordeal? How did that come about? Because you guys were already doing like some branding licensing deals with MTB, which um, so the Guggen Bates deal was that was in a kind of a partnership with Favorite at the time, mm-hmm. and they were they were helping the operations. Uh, we 
we launched it in July of 2018. And that's kind of when I really kind of came on full time was a little bit earlier than that. So beginning of the year. So I, I had not, I was not there. We've gotten into some deals that were not great before I, before I took over. And I think that was one big reason I came in is helped mm-hmm. clean that up. So came in, we launched it in 2018. It was a huge success. Sold, sold out in like, so my company did all the web development, everything like that helped get stuff set up for it from the e-commerce side. Um, favorite was helping on the retail end and uh, we did, you know, the branding, all that kind of stuff for it. But the baits were pretty much all done by um, the guy. The guys developed all the baits themselves. We had a designer that helped really put them Were together. you in were you in Comodero when they came up with the names? Not on that trip. I didn't go to, I didn't go on the that Comodero trip. Um, how drunk would you say they were when they were coming up with the names? And how legendary well, is the name Bandito Bug? Like, I was wow. I, I was in the t- I was in a text group that was like going through all the names. So I mean yeah. I can tell you exactly what other names were out there that we that didn't make the cut. Honestly, I don't. You don't remember? I don't remember now. I mean, there's been some names that have been. There was like a twerking mullet that we came up name that I was like we we can't call this thing the twerking mullet. Why not? For a, like a chatterbait? No, it was a it's a saltwater bait that we've been uh, on. But like, there's been some crazy names. I like, like that. <laughs> the twerking what? The twerking mullet or twer- twerking mullet? Yeah, I can't, there's been some other names, but that's probably I don't remember anything like that stands out. That stands out. Like those, I felt like those names like came out and like it was like immediate. Oh, that's the name. That's the name. And John, honestly, John B is like the genius behind. Yeah. So, like, well, I mean, they're all fucking they're, mega smart, but but John is like. He just it. He's so good at it. Like I, anytime we have a new bait come out, like I immediately text John. It's like, what, what do you think? What do you think we should name this? Yeah. But um, so launches twenty eight summer twenty eighteen. Um, we definitely had issues like out the gate with it. Like we had issues with supply. Like we didn't have enough. Um, we it, there was a lot of issues. I mean, it's a startup at the time. I mean, it was a, it was a startup. There's frustrations on both sides because we're not getting product here. Customers aren't getting their stuff fast enough because like we don't. We did a pre-sale and the pre-sale didn't come in until three months later or something something like that. And so everyone's frustrated. And I'm like, guys, I said, we can't keep doing more baits through this process right now. Like if we want to expand the brand, if we want to go build more stuff, like we're going to have to figure out something else. And I knew Ketchco was sitting there, which is MTV, was sitting there at the time. And I'd already had some conversations like they wanted to do some some products with us. And I was like, listen, I said, I'll do it with you guys. We need a really great deal <laughs> we need a good royalty we need a guarantee and all this kind of stuff and we need to say in everything that we do and catchco was there and they stepped up and they did it um you know if, if we shout out my man ross gordon ross gordon you should have him on ross, ross i know right so yeah. you know there's there's it's a double-edged sword because it's a licensing deal somebody else is doing it in the long run like yeah you would love to just own those products but at the time it's like you've got this freaking beast and Guggen, you need to go and capture as much market as you possibly can. And like, at, in my mind, that was the best decision at the time. It's like, yeah. let's go make as many products and great products that we can put them on the market, take over the shelves. And that's why you see aisles of green today. Is green walls? Green, what did you say? green walls today in retailers because oh, yeah. it, uh, we had to expand it. I think that was, it needs it, it. There's there's two sides to it, but I still stand by the decision to go do the licensing deal. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. It's a, it was a stepping stone to get to where you need to get to. And it's easier when you have partners that are able to sort of alleviate some of the cash 
problems or not cash problems but cash pains that need yeah. it, that you need in order to do that all right matt give me a second while i say hello to the sponsors this sponsor one of them the first one is none other than upstart they they're a returning uh sponsor so i certainly appreciate them uh when it comes to pay uh paying off debt it can often feel like an uphill battle that's a lot of people in this country high interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt like you'll never get ahead you'll continue to pay the interest you never uh, pay down the the uh, the actual amount that's owed so on and so forth but upstart can help you get away uh if you're carrying a credit card balance month after month, you're not the only one. High interest rates may take it hard, uh, may make it hard for you to pay off your debt, but Upstart can help. Join the thousands of happy borrowers who have made that final payment, right? And how do you do that, right? Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, right? Like your income, employment history. This means that they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. And it only takes five minutes on an online rate check that you can see your rate upfront for your loans between $1,000 up to $50,000, right? And you can see you can receive the funds in one business day. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payment Today, when you go to upstart.com slash eavesdrop, that's E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P, that's upstart.com slash eavesdrop. Don't forget to use the URL that's listed in the, script, in the, in the description down below uh, and, you know, to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided by you at the time of your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P, tell them we sent you and get ahead. Get, get out of that cycle as soon as possible. Our next sponsor... One that's been around for a very long time, ExpressVPN. I cannot tell you how many times ExpressVPN has come in clutch for the Hex Quarters and the team, right? Uh, ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix, for example, to think that you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows by saying that you're from a different region that you're currently in, right? This works with many other streaming surfaces as well, uh, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and many, many more. Uh, we use it, obviously, to be able to watch like, like The Office, or, or what show was it that they just removed recently that I was able to access it from uh, by, by saying that I was from the UK? Anyway, that's the sort of... Uh, uh, that's the sort of options that you have when you have ExpressVPN, right? You open the app, you select a location, tap one button to connect, and the refresh page will just give you access to the geo-restricted show that you wanted to watch, right? If you, uh, for example, want blazing fast speeds, streaming in HD with zero buffering, compatible with all of your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. It encrypts your data more than anything. This is super important. It encrypts your data. ExpressVPN has added the benefit of encrypting your data so that you can browse the web securely. You don't want people tracking you. That's how you get all these spam ads on your email. That's how you get spams. Like You don't want that. You want to fire up your, your VPN, ExpressVPN, to be able to to you know, roam freely without the the fear of somebody looking at you or looking too closely into you, right? Be smart. Stop paying full price uh, for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth. ExpressVPN.com/h3zz. Don't forget to use my link. ExpressVPN.com/h3zz to get an extra three months for absolutely free. Uh, and yeah, take care of that. Hit that link and let them know that we sent you. 
Uh, last but not least, Credit Karma. Holy crap. This is, this is the one that I uh, overhype up because it needs to, right? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they can help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? Not me. I definitely want it. If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases that you're making on a weekly basis, right? Credit Karma uh, money is brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Uh, just don't change your spending habits. Like You can literally be rewarded for the things that you do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. Uh, Credit Karma Money has already, take, uh, has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. I'm going to repeat that. Over 50,000 ATMs gives you access to your credit uh, karma uh, cash accounts. Uh, and when you make a purchase between July 1st and July 23rd, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million buckaroos. $1 million between July 1st and July 23rd if you are using this, right? So Credit Karma Money, progress starts right here. And right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open up your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash W-I-N-M-O-N-E-Y to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. Uh, see rules. Banking services provided by MVV Bank, Inc., member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So a huge shout out to them again. Thank you for stopping by and sponsoring the podcast. Back to my man, Matty Kendrick. So, again, huge thanks to uh, all three of them, Upstart, ExpressVPN, and Credit Karma. Uh, all right. So, this this thing sort of starts to snowball into something successful. You're, you're, you're everywhere now, right? Guggen is everywhere. And I say you, but, you know, we, we mean we. But mo- you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, a yeah. good, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I can't tell you how, how proud it makes me feel when I walk into any, whether Walmart, Academy, wherever, and I see, like, a Guggen bait. Like just the name Guggen, right? Like everything about it is just like so cool immediately. Immediately, like when he said the name, I was like, fuck, that is genius. Genius. And originally, originally it was supposed to be a Bashers thing, right? Because Rob, even Rob wrapped his boat, like the original boat, like yeah. all Bashers. And I'm like, fuck, like that is my dream boat. And this dude just did it because he fucking felt like he was going to. So, um, so obviously you have you have uh, you have Guggen baits everywhere now. You're starting to get the apparel in in the stores, or yeah, Guggen baits is everywhere. We uh, we just launched the rods not too long ago, and that was G- that give me give me some some numbers. Obviously, don't give me detailed information. Obviously, that's 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 uh, uh, proprietary, right? Yeah. But what give me give me some numbers? Like what's what percentage of the marketplace do you have? Uh, if you're able to, and of so, course, don't be specific. So. I, as of like last year, like late last year, last I heard, um, was we were we made up of fifty percent of all fishing sales and exporting goods. Fifty percent of all fishing sales and exporting goods. Yes, um, I mean, as far as how big are we? Um, I th- early this year, I got a text saying that we were the we were the number one soft plastic company out there right now, um, as far as volume goes. So. Mm-hmm. I start giving more numbers. I'll get, it. but <laughs> every uh, every retailer. I mean, any outdoor retailer you can think of, we are in them. So Academy, Dick's Sporting Goods, Shields, Bass Pro, 
Gander Mountain, um, and then you get into to, we're in Walmart. Um, have a bunch of like independent retailers all over the country that p- pick up our stuff. I mean, it's it, and we're still not even there. I don't even think we're in. We're in like only two thirds of the U.S. So yeah, far. we're not even in every state yet. We're still trying to get there. What states are missing? I'd have to go see. Yeah, I mean, I, it probably. I don't know. Vermont. I don't yeah. have any clue where we're, we're not. The, the wildest thing for me was when we went fishing in, in Mexico and people already had baits there, right? And it wasn't baits that, they, that you guys went and dropped off or left behind. It was like actual orders that people were, were like pitching out there. Yeah. So what's crazy about that is it's, it's, it's difficult to do business in, in Mexico right now with, with sending baits there for like a wholesale. It's just expensive. Mm-hmm. And so these guys are honestly, they're buying them. They're going to like tackle warehouse, buying them and, and then selling them in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it's not even always coming from us. I think we do now have some distribution that in the early days like that's what it was like they, people wanted it so bad that they would buy it at retail and try and sell it what is uh one of the craziest Guggen experiences that you have personally either witnessed or were, was a part of that i can tell yeah you can tell yeah <laughs> the, the, the the one that you can tell if you can remember one um while you think about that i i uh i i, I would be remiss if i didn't you know mention the fact that look at at the end of the day these five dudes, four dudes, five with you, six dudes, whatever, like they didn't wait for opportunity to come and knock in or they weren't like, okay, well, we're not ready to be sponsored by a big company yet. Let's keep working. Let's keep that. You guys said, fuck that. Like we're ready. Not only are we ready, but like, why do we need anyone? Yeah. And that's on a lot of that's credit to, to Rob. I mean, Rob like stood by that line forever. Like, no, we don't need to work with any not that they didn't want to, no one wanted to work with the with mm-hmm. fishing companies. It's like, we know our value. We're not going to accept less than this. And then when the opportunity came to do our own thing, obviously that was, that was it. Like that was the path we're going down and that's the best thing we could have ever done. And that, that's I mean, Rob was the one out the gate. Don't, I'm, I'm guessing it came from you though. Don't, uh, don't sell don't yourself, yourself short. short. Yeah. No, no. Are you here to follow rules or are you here to make money? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's like you, you have, you have a higher, it's difficult to say what I'm about to say because it's 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 sort of like disencouraging, but it's also like should you should be mega encouraged by it because the the probability of failure when you go off on your own to go against the grain is like immense. But if you are lucky enough or if you are clever enough or if you are smart enough to be able to mitigate all of that risk and only focus on the success part like it's it's just so rewarding that you have no other choice at times but to go for it you know what i mean yeah i I was i was with somebody the other day and they were asking me about why did i do why did i get into doing business like how did they were like you took the risk like that's that's the biggest step and i'm like i don't i never think risk is like the biggest step it's the patience that comes after the risk because anyone can go take the leap but like lasting longer than two weeks without a paycheck can you do it and and no you might not ever get one for another eight months you know that's that's the difference and that's what these guys realized too like everything was we're going to do it for guggen that was everyone bought into the vision of this is this is who we are this is what we're going to do no matter what the cost we're not going to take money just because we need to take money we're going to build it like investment you mean yeah well no like Sponsorship, oh, sponsorship money. Yeah, let's say some brand and bait company showed up and they said they'll give us ten grand or something, and we need it so badly to pay for the the house that we had, we would have still said no. Mm-hmm. That's we just everyone figured out. It. We believed in it that much. Yeah, 
I mean, I think I think we all did. I, the second that I saw what was happening, you know, it's fucked up. Well, not fucked up, but the, you know, it's crazy that the, the the one thing I told Rob is like, yo, I see this in the future. Like, I already see the future of this. And this was before Guggen Bates was even a thing. I'm like, you guys are disrupting like a hundred years of tradition mm-hmm. right now. And I mean, you guys are gonna be on like Fly Fisher magazine. I don't fucking know. Uh, on the cover, like, and I, I imagine like the pose of all, all of the dudes just sitting there, and it's like the kids that are disrupting the fishing space, man. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, we, are, they're the. If you remember Bill, if anyone remembers Bill Dance or yeah, Roland Martin and all those guys, like those are icons of of the fishing world. But honestly, they were the original Gookins. Like mm-hmm. they were guys that were. Like, well, let's go make our TV shows. We're going to do, like, Bill Dance is, looks like the biggest goof sometimes with all of, I mean, everyone's seen the bloopers. Bloopers, yeah, yeah. And they, he's just, that's, those are those guys now. Like, those were the original Googans yeah. of, of the fishing industry, and it took this long to get to the to the next level with it. Is Bill Dance still around? Yeah. Oh, Dude, yeah. Why, where, where's the collab? Guggen uh, X, Bill Dance? See, this is something that, that I've been trying to get you and, 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 and Rob and everybody to see from, like, last year. I'm like, yo, it's all about collabs. And when yeah. I got Optic back, I'm like, all right, when is the Optic Guggen? You can't spell Guggen without an OG in the middle. It's perfect. That's right? true. So what are we doing? When is it? We had a discussion about this on Wednesday. Not with you, but with the team in there. So yeah. they're, they're, we are going to be coming with, with some heat. With some heat. You guys, are you guys ready for the Guggen X Optic Collabo? Optic baits? You guys wanted them for such a long what time. What kind of baits should we make? I I don't know. I, I think uh look, I'm I'm a, I'm the biggest bandito bug pusher ever. Right? It's like the, that just the best selling bait of all time. Best selling bait of all time? Now how come it hasn't won bait of the year then? I mean haters? Let's, let's not let's not call them I don't, haters. I don't, now, well, you don't. I'll, let me do it. You you can because at this point in my <laughs> life, I I'm trying to like repair relationships. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no beef. Yeah, look, I think I think that because it's not traditional for a bunch of kids to create such a massive business that sort of disrupts other businesses that have been supportive of a space for such a long time, whether it's X company or X bait company, and they've invested and 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 have promoted and and have put so much money into the fishing industry that when new people come in and they have the success that they have it makes it difficult for them to be like dude it's the same thing same things happen let me finish that and then i'll tell you it's the same thing that's happening in advertising so they're like dude how can we give bait of the year to these dudes when these people have been paying for like the lights to for this show for such a long time oh yeah right so like i get it but it's 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 not a it's, fair playing field. It's happening. It's happening in advertise in advertising today, right? Like the majority of the old heads, gray-haired uh, ad executives everywhere, whether it's Fortune 500s all the way down to the little ones, is like we spend our money on TV, newspapers, and fucking billboards. So when somebody comes and be like, "Hey, there's this movement happening on the internet, and it's happening on YouTube, and these kids are playing video games and people are watching them," they're gonna be like, "Mm-mm, this is Periwinkle Bob." It's always gonna sell me some some Pappy Band Winkle, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the, at the end of the at the end of the year, so I'm gonna continue to sell my ads through him wherever he fucking chooses to put it. That's where it is. As 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 the industry grows, these people start to retire, and the young, fucking hungry executives that are in the ad business are like, all right, guys, the Papa's gone. It's time to put all the advertisement here. So let's start doing that. So until that sort of thing changes, like I don't think. It's, yeah. it's all about in the in the fishing industry i mean it is who you pay yeah i mean it is 100 percent that and we just don't play that game i mean 
there's probably things we can do that are really easy to go get. We can even get our bait in the in the discussion. We can't get baits in the discussion because mm-hmm. we just don't play the game. Yeah, we need to. No, no, we don't. No, <laughs> I think I think that the second I think that if it's not done organically, mm-hmm. it sort of like loses its luster. I think it's like the Michael Jordan Bretts, right? Like they were illegal. And them, uh, him getting fined as much as he did, did so much more for the promotion of that shoe that to this day, people are saying, what are you wearing right now? Cactus Jacks, right? Yeah, yeah. to this day, people are buying Michael Jordan shoes because of how cool it was to just go against the grain. So I think that, look, I don't think that getting into discussion is a thing. Like, obviously, we're killing it already, right? Like, there's yeah. no need. Like, think about that, bro. Like, the, 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 the best-selling bait of all time with no, yo, to take this fucking cash you know what i mean none of that like that it speaks for itself man there's nothing uncooler than to you know sort of get average i, I brought i every so to give you an example esports industry awards welcome to the award-winning podcast the eavesdrop hey, podcast thank, thank you for you. stopping by so i got nominated again twice you know what i mean and i thank you so much i appreciate it. if you guys you know vote for me i can't i can't tell you how much i appreciate that but i i feel ultra weird sort of like promoting myself you know what i mean i feel i don't know maybe it's because i'm from the 90s and you know pre-internet sort of thing but i'm just like not one like look i do enough talking about me as like my character like oh this overly you know no better view than me sort of guy mm-hmm. uh so for me to be out there like fucking promoting me to win a thing uh it's just not my thing but i did get promoted you know two more times so if you guys want to please holler at your boy um i just i just don't think i think forcing stuff like the streetwear thing like that's the that's the funniest part about like everything now granted right like me and my me and my friends have been doing you know streetwear shit for a long time one of my best friends on the villain side owned a very popular uh streetwear apparel line skater skate brand in in chicago called modest and uh so we 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 sort of know like what what's what streetwear is but the second that you set out to do some street it stops being street you know what i mean it happens with graffiti too right like graffiti belongs in the street and the second that it, it's on a canvas and a, it's sort of it's not graffiti anymore it's now uh, I don't know street art or whatever uh, I mean I guess even pieces legal pieces are street art I, look, is, I can get into this thing for hours right uh, but the second that you set out to do something it sort of stops being that yeah. you know like I hate when people are like I just want to inspire people like say that to yourself don't say that out loud don't say that to be like that's the, if you set out to be inspirational and you're telling people like you're not gonna be that's yeah. just not the way it works very true it's it's the truest thing, Matt. Um, all right, so you guys dropped the dropped the rods. Mm-hmm. What is the what is the? Uh, and I'm only asking. I know the answer, but I'm only asking for them to know. Like, what is what goes behind the decision to say, all right, we've done baits, we're fucking killing it, let's do rods now. Like, at what point do we do reels? At what point do we do boats? Uh, at what point do we do deep sea fishing? You know what I mean? All great questions. Reels are in development. I mean that was the next logical step after the rods yeah um we've got more species of fish outside of bass i mean a lot of it is dictate at this point i mean early days of guggen and this is any business i think mm-hmm. you know you kind of just do whatever you want to do at the, and figure out what sticks at this point with the size that we are and retail placement like you have to pay attention to the market yeah now mm-hmm. you can't just be like <clears throat> Well, we just want to go do this because we want to do it. Like we we need to go sell mass volumes to make sense to put these kind of resources behind what we want to do. So, 
it is a lot more analytical now than it probably was three years ago. Um, so yeah, we look at what's the selling in the rod market. Like we need to go make these rods then. What are retailers going to buy? This is what we know the consumer is going to buy. Same thing with reels. Like, but we like with the reels. The thing with the reels right now is the reel market is probably the most difficult product we could possibly make. It's the most complicated. There's really only two people, two companies that anyone says those are the two best, and they've held the market forever. They have their own factories. They have their own engineering things that we don't have yet. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we, how do we compete with them? And so I, that that's probably going to be a 2023 product that yeah. we've been sitting here working on for the last year. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, it's a really now it's market decision. Yeah, to be honest, like that's as boring as that sounds. That's how we have yeah, market decisions. Who's buying what? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a business, right? Like the 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 media side of it, the the uh, the the fun side of it, like that's what keeps things cool. Mm-hmm. The second you start involving business into it, like that's that's gonna be always gonna be the boring part. But that's also the thing that keeps the lights on. So when people right are like. You know, and, and it happened. Obviously, you guys just—I'm going to just refer to you guys as you guys, so we can set some differential. Uh, you guys just closed, obviously, a, a, a big round, right? We went through an acquisition. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So that's how House of Outdoors got started. Yeah. Um, so in that, so I guess picking up from where we left off on the acquisition of MBI, which then kicked off everything that really started going. You had MBI, you had Fish Media, which held the Guggen Squad brand, and then you had Guggen Baits, which was the its own thing, which was just the soft plastics. And so you have, you have different ownership, you had different people in charge of all these things, but you, everything was common amongst, everyone's trying to build the same thing, just everyone's pulling in different directions. And so the idea of House Outdoors was to get all this, this ownership, ownership group together, put in one leadership team, and then let's go continue to acquire companies in the outdoor space, not just fishing, but we're going to be getting in. In fact, we already did acquisition for Ducks, which is Flair's company, but... Um, Let's go with one team to go build this. That's why yeah. we did the acquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is is there um, h- how many companies have have uh, you guys we you guys have we acquired? Um, Can you say like oh, yeah, say? Yeah. so we did made by influence, Guggen Bates and Fish Media were the first three. Yeah, that, that was that was the first deal. And then we did uh, a line company called Line L Y N, which you'll probably won't see that. And we we're relaunching it, so it probably won't come out till twenty two, and then. Ducks, Waterfowl Co., which is getting us into the hunting industry, which is a lifestyle. That's a lifestyle hunting brand that Flair did, um, started it, and it's been growing like How crazy. sick is that brand? Oh, I, like, I'm not a big hunter guy, but like I need everything on that line. Yeah, and then we um, we also have Bucks Big Game Hunting, which is our whitetail company, and then we've got several others. We've got one with an LOI on it already. I mean, I'm we're very aggressive on on the acquisition strategy. I mean, we're continuing the takeover in the, in the outdoor space. Uh, with the Guggen brand being like the cornerstone of everything we've built it on and using everything we've done with Guggen, like everything we've done for marketing and, and how we build a product or how we hype a product, whatever it is, like everything we've learned from Guggen, we're applying it to every company that we bring into the fold. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's super sick. Uh, I want to say congrats, but it would feel a little bit self-serving in a sense, but congrats. Uh, you. you know, what's crazy is that as, as, uh, yesterday, uh, I think it was Davy day trader, Mr. David oh. Portnoy from Barstool, uh, somebody reached. A, a, okay, so the the NCAA thing fucking lifted off, right? Yeah. Two years, I think it was a year and a half ago. I had uh, NBA superstar Mr. Josh Hart sitting across the the way from you where you're sitting, and we were having a conversation about how evil that organization was, right? Like the like some pe- some athletes are starving, and they can't even get a sponsorship for like food. 
Yeah. It, it was like a literal evil. And they're making billions. It's like a billion dollar. Just March Madness alone. This is just one sport. Okay, NBA was Martin was making a shit ton of cash. Not to get too passionate into it, but we were talking about like what would it take to change something like that, right? Because it it, it the, the tide had to turn at some point, right? It was fucked up, right? But now that it's lifted, and now that people can finally monetize their own likeness, <laughs> and it all, I will say this: I called it. Okay, I called it. At some point or another, you are an NBA, uh, you are an NCAA uh, fucking basketball player. After work, after your your schoolwork and after your training, you go home and you play Fortnite and you stream it to Twitch. You can't make money on that because you're using your likeness and you're using whatever and blah blah blah. And I'm like, this is the sort of thing that's gonna topple that thing, right? It's gonna maybe it wasn't that specifically, but it did make them think about how things are going to be shaped up in the future, right? Like it did shape the way things were 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 presented. And and little by little, these sort of things need to happen in order for you know the 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 status quo to change. So wrapping it all up, yesterday Dave mm-hmm. on on his stories, like yo, this fucking athlete said that now they can get money, and he asked me how he could be a barstool athlete, right? Have you thought about that in the past? Because we certainly yeah. obviously have, and 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 I started thinking about it when Gary V started doing that. When Gary V opened up Vayner Sports, and they were representing, uh, you know, athletes that were being picked up by the by the NFL, and he was repping them and yeah. all that. And his approach to it was so genius where he said, look, the second that you're out of college, I'm already going to have your website ready to go, right? It's going to be mattkendrick.com. It's going to be all of your jerseys, all of your hats, and you're going to be able to monetize your stuff like immediately. Yeah. Did you see it? What do you think about that? You, 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 you want some college kids hitting you up? I, I, we do want some college kids hitting us up. I, in fact, before we sat down at the podcast, I even brought it up to you. I said, this is, this is what we need to do. We, we should start some type of especially Guggen, fishing agency yeah. for these, all these college anglers, they, they, I mean, it's so expensive because they're responsible for the gas in their boats Yeah, because it's usually not supported by the school, no. that, which is different than these big college sports. So like they don't get all the luxuries of they got like a cafeteria that they can go to and, and eat like the D1 athletes at a big university for football or something. And so they need gas in their boats. They need, they need, you know, baits or rods or whatever it is. And this just opens up an opportunity to like, help build that for them plus help taking them from this college level and then they're going to go and they're going to try and make it in professional angling which is just as ex- way more expensive mm-hmm. the term and entry fees are ex- extremely expensive so how do we help from the Guggen side start building brands with these with these college anglers yeah and i, I name a better company in the industry to do it for them no no one can't so, no, no one's in tune with the youth the way that the Guggen is. No one. Period. I mean, yeah, you have your like outliers here and there that are there are their own thing, right? But from a from a group perspective, from a family perspective, from like this is what we do. Like, there's no one better. Not, simply, there's simply put, there is no one uh, better to do that. So, um, how would that work? Like, do you do you have? Obviously, you haven't thought about it for longer than you know. I mean, you thought about it in the past, but I, seriously, I, thought about it not. We were actually we were out product testing last night. Um, on some stuff and I on the boat with some of my product guys and I was like this is what we should do and that's the first time I brought it up so I haven't done anything yet but I I'm gonna work with marketing team and figure out hey I start submitting here I think what we would love to do is go start finding full college teams to sponsor Mm -hmm. so um, there's tons of good ones right here in Dallas in the Dallas area not too far around Mm -hmm. around us so how do we go start sponsoring them Um, and then we start doing some content with them on the Google channel. I don't know. Like there's a lot of opportunities here to help yeah. these guys make money and 
and build their brand, which is from the gaming side. It's interesting on the um, EA Sports. I saw like, I don't know, six months ago said that they were coming back out with college football, the college football game. Do you think that they already knew that? this was going to come through. So now these players can start monitoring. No, they pay they a can, lot, right? They, they pay a lot start... to, to March Madness. The, 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 they pay a lot to the NCAA to get those rights. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, of course they knew, right? The, the, you know, they're like, hey, what's going on this year? And they're like, ah, oh, well, uh, we're finally going to do the right thing and we're going to allow these kids to fucking make some money off of their likeness. Because, you know, imagine, how, think about how much money EA pays the NBA, the NFL, mm-hmm. NCAA, billions, dude. Or hundreds of millions, whatever, and they keep all that cheese. Yeah, not the athletes. You know what I mean? Just the people in the back room. Yeah. So I, it'd be interesting to see how they monetize on that. I mean, right, don't get me wrong; I'd love to be a person in the back room, but I'm also very player centric, so I, I'm conflicted. I like money, but I also like my boys. So what are you gonna do from gaming? For gaming, I don't know. I th- I've, I've I've always thought about that, right? Especially because I was so anti the NCAA uh, for a long time. So I, I, I sort of thought and approached it and, and talked to a couple of people about it. But there's really nothing. I mean, aside, uh, I can't say it out loud. I'll tell you right off camera. But there's there's definitely a lot in the works. One we haven't talked about. And this is pro- and then this good, is good, good golf, good, baby. Good, good golf. And how big that already is in the, in the NCAA and our group being there ready to go. Yeah. So there you go. It was, it like, was in the text group this this yeah. last night. Yeah, it's like who 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 plays golf that wants to be sponsored by good good golf. Yeah. Now the the beauty about that is that this is like the third or maybe fourth, you know, company that that we're sort of implementing the same sort of strategy in. I mean, it worked perfect for Optic, right? It's it's uh it's first of its kind. It's it obviously worked great for all the other esports organizations that sort of followed our our, our model, and then now. The, the fact that we get to prove that outside of that, I, look, I brag about it all the time, right? Every business meeting that I have, I'm like, look, my strategy works. It's worked for this esports company, mine, Optic. It's worked for this one, right? 100 Thieves fucking killing it. And obviously, like, Nature Code wrote the book or whatever. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, whatever. But to be able to implement the Optic House in fishing through the Guggen House, like, create content that isn't necessarily just about fishing like we are humans we have more to relate than just fishing fishing is just one thing i do you know what i mean so the fact that that's happening now that you were doing that with with good good just like mm-hmm. i just know that's gonna be a homer right oh those guys are a freaking rocket ship rocket ship dude oh my god but like i i every single time they come in here to do their photo shoots like right here mm-hmm. it's like the, the 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 studio becomes like alive it's like a brand new energy obviously we have the the optic energy and that's always obviously gonna be killing it but when the new people come in like that like young hungry entrepreneurs that are in an industry that they're so passionate about like it brings a level of energy in here that i just like i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm here for it yeah I, the the biggest thing with golf though is like there's so many bigger established brands that are not in fishing like yeah. you think about the titleists and the and the callaways and then yeah. how much money they have they're gonna they're gonna be big players in this in this ncaa deal and we're good good we got to figure out how to how do we beat them without the budget that they've got? Simple. I'm gonna tell you how simple. Okay, look, you got you have Titleist, you have uh, all the other ones that can pay an exor like a, a, a crazy amount, right? But that's just solving one of your problems, right? If you come to good, good, you're gonna get not only exposure because we're the biggest. Like it's again, these guys are also gonna disrupt the golfing space, right? Like this is it's not it's the same playbook over and over again. And the same outcome has happened every single time, right? Where we started from a content perspective 
and everybody was coming from a championship perspective, like we gathered. You know what I mean? We were so relatable to people. It was just like unfair to everybody else. I mean, to this day, it's still unfair to people. And uh, we can we can move faster than the big guys. Yeah. So it's like we can we can probably get out there quicker. I don't. It it's gonna be interesting. It's though. definitely a conversation to be had. So if you play golf at a collegiate level, or maybe we you're gotta, just we gotta nasty. find some like emails to put in the in the. In description. the you tell me, Maddie. We'll put whatever <laughs> in there. Uh, I, I think I think that that the, that the good good conversation should should uh, should happen uh, you know later, right? Like I already yeah. interviewed uh, Garrett. Yeah. Uh, I want to get you know the rest of the boys in here at some point. Maybe do like the whole the whole squad. But I think that the collaborative effort that we could put into this thing, like we have the biggest fishing, we have, we have the biggest outdoor brand, right? Mm-hmm. Or soon to be guaranteed, like un, undisputed biggest brand in outdoor. We have golf. We're about to fucking take over that. Yep. And then we have like gaming on lock. Like that collaborative effort right there is just like ready to be. What's next? Oh, we can't say. We can't say. But it's in the <laughs> works, baby. It's being cooked out there. Uh, anyway, uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, yeah. talking business with you, my brother. I appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for the Pappy Van Winkle. I, I apologize you did not like it as much as, you know. I did. All right, so this dude gets me a $4,500 bottle of liquor. I'm not a big, you know, drinker. Uh, and I'm like, why don't you just give me the friends and family uh, Piet Parra's Air Max Ones that are 3500 Save yourself 1000 but that would have been that would have been too. Have you rude. sold it already? No, I'm not selling that bottle. I'm not. How how long how how long can I have that bottle in its thing? Like, Whatever. will it taste better in a hundred years? No, it'll taste the same. Okay. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. No one. I don't know. If that's no the truth. But well, look, I'm, it's not wine. It's so it's it's different. It's distilled liquor. It's not. It's not going to go. Anywhere. All right. Well, it's unopened. It's next to my gaming setup. I don't think I'll ever open it. Okay. Uh, maybe for a fucking massive celebration. I bought I bought like four bottles of champagne. As we were approaching the the final day of me acquiring optic, and I'm like, we're popping this shit as soon as it happens. But then when it happened, like, w- we we got to work immediately. So I was just like, didn't even have a chance to to celebrate. Like, we really haven't had a chance to celebrate like me getting optic back, which is like the the craziest thing. People, you know, you would you would assume that it's the first thing we do. Nah, it's we, right to work, baby. We're gonna set like a date. Nah, no, no, no. I'll know I'll know when it's time to celebrate. We haven't won a championship since since uh. Since we became Optic Chicago, right? So, so, win a championship, we celebrate. Win a championship, we celebrate. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, everybody, all of this information is going to be listed in the description down below. I don't know. Maybe you reach out to him directly, and then he'll give you an email through his social media stuff. Uh, but certainly appreciate the support. Certainly appreciate you guys watching. If you guys are from the fishing industry or a golf industry, and you guys are checking it out, uh, we don't only do gaming content here; we do it all. So, if you guys enjoy this conversation, uh, please watch the other ones that I've interviewed uh, people on. So. We'll see you guys next time for episode number 98. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Peace.